I'm Jenny Galuzzo, co-founder of The Second Shift. Welcome to our podcast where we talk all things women, work, and well-being, how they intersect, our competing forces, and how to create and maintain personal and professional alignment in your life. Let's do this. I love games. I have been playing Mahjong with the same group of women for the past almost 10 years. I took up bridge recently. It is the hardest thing I've ever done, but I really like it. And I like pushing myself and pushing my brain. I like gathering together with groups of women to learn something together and to have a sense of accomplishment and community. It's one of the reasons why I love the second shift. I love doing things that feel like there's an impact, a purpose, a goal, and are making me and my community better, stronger, and more confident. And I love this company, Poker Power. They are doing this on scale, teaching women how to play poker. And the idea is to do it on the corporate level, to do it where you know groups of women can sign up together. They're doing it internationally as part of a 12-week program that you can sign up for, where you learn how to play poker, and then there's an app that you can play on. And a lot of it is about forcing yourself to do something that's hard, but also learning how to negotiate, risk-take, to bluff, to deal-make, All of these are skills that you can learn through the game of poker, and then you can take it and apply it into your real life. So Erin Leiden is the CEO of Poker Power, and she joins me on this episode to talk about the benefits of playing poker, how her own career and her career break in her life led her down this path to see how important it was for women to take a seat at the table and to have equality one hand at a time. You may notice behind me, I didn't clean up my background because I have a Mahjong tournament happening tonight in my house, holiday party. Love it. I have like 12 people coming over to play and we've been playing for years and I'm a big fan of gathering women together to play games. So that is why I really wanted to talk to you about Poker Power. And I know that's the mission. I love the statement, closing the gender gap one hand at a time. That's so clever. (laughs) For me, playing the game was really about community and about gathering the people who I love together, creating a space where there was a routine and something for us to do that wasn't just going out to dinner. And we learned something together and I now play bridge with a with a second group of women and, you know, sometimes they mush together. Poker's next, Jenny. You do realize that. You need to start playing poker. I, I know. I know. I've tried. I, I'm not very good at it. But what was it about poker that made you think, what is the empowerment piece of it for you and for the women that you work with? Yeah. And candidly, I was not enthusiastic about poker. Um, I had never played the game, but I had been surrounded by it during my time on Wall Street. Basically, any place that I seem to have always worked in male-dominated industries, and there's always a poker game happening. And I never felt like I could sit down. I never felt welcomed. And honestly, I didn't really care because I didn't think it was a space I wanted to inhabit because it was booze and smoking and just gross basements and places like that. When I heard about Poker Power... 
at that time, we were working with high school girls and their moms. So it was an idea. It was, let's test this. Let's see if we could get young girls excited about playing poker. And it wasn't a really a bigger vision than that. My agreeing to roll on to Poker Power coincided with the lockdown in March of 2020. So I joined three weeks before the lockdown. And that ended up being our perfect storm. I didn't realize it in the moment. And I say that because as you probably recall, basically every teenager in America was not going to spend another second on Zoom for education if they didn't have to. And it was exactly at the moment when companies around the globe were desperately trying to get us all to turn on our cameras and interact with each other. Poker Power slid right in there with a virtual curriculum and we sold it as leadership development for women, but we were really selling it just as you described with Mahjong, that it's community, it's networking, it's friendship, it's something regularly that you do. And oh, by the way, there are these really incredible skills and strategies you can hone by playing the game. So I can't really say that was the vision, but that is where we have landed now, you know, almost four years later, is that we have a very robust corporate program. What's lovely and very important is that we are still working with teenagers and we're doing it around the globe. I think it's so smart because when I was growing up, I went to sleepaway camp and the girls would spend all night playing blackjack for stationery in the back. And it was the most fun. And it's probably why I love playing games with groups of girls, because it reminds me of that like really innocent, fun experience. However, once you mix women and men, I find that there becomes a feeling of disempowerment where I'm not going to be as good, or I don't know how to play that game. So I'm just not going to play that game. And I'm only going to play with the women in my life, but it's important for girls and women to build the skills that they can feel really strong and really powerful in, and then feel really good about themselves taking a seat at that table, because there's no reason that they should feel less than or take themselves out of the game. And I think you're really touching on the force field. That's the word I use is that there's a force field around the poker table and there's lots of force fields, you know, lots of force fields around the interview room, around the meeting room. Golf course. The golf course. It's tough to break through. And I always say, you know, there are basically three barriers to that force field at the poker table that I think are parallels to our working lives and our real lives. And the first one is knowledge, which you, you just mentioned, is that we don't know the rules. We don't know how to, literally don't know how to play the game. And women typically are very hesitant to take their seat if they don't feel they can be competent at what they're doing. We like to start already in first place. It's just the nature. And we don't like to take huge risks. And a lot of poker is taking huge bets and risks and feeling confident in that risk. So that's barrier number two. We're not caring about it. Well, but but I really do think the risk, what you said about risk and confidence is critical. And I think of that as barrier number two, is that even if I can learn the jargon, I can learn the rules and intellectually I understand the game, I still don't have the courage. And that's really what it is to put myself forward. And so to take that risk and sit at a table, knowing that you will lose more hands than you win when you play a poker game. And over the long term, the only way that people could ever be professional players is if when they do win, they win really big. We're not trying to create professionals. I don't care if you ever go in a casino, but I care a lot that you can think and strategize and take risk 
like a winning poker player. So we have to get through that, that confidence and that risk barrier. And then the third one, which is just as important, is what I call the bankroll gap. So bankroll in poker is literally your stack of chips. How much money do you have to put into play in every game? I think of it more because we don't play for real money at Poker Power. We're just playing for a leaderboard and bragging rights, which truly is enough. But I'm thinking, you know, women across every industry, every title, they're paid less. So we don't actually have the disposable income to put ourselves at risk. And if you think about that, any excess money that we tend to have goes to our children first, goes to our charities. Eventually, it may come to ourselves, but you know, we're always third or fourth place in that equation. And we're certainly not going to say to our friendship group, oh, I'm going to Vegas. I've got $1,000 in my pocket. I'm just going to go have an entertaining weekend. We'll do that at a bachelorette party, but that is about it. And so we have these force fields around the table that really discourage women from even wanting to attempt to play this game. It's fascinating. I think the part that you said about risk and confidence really do go together. And I see it in the women that we talk to at the second chip. They talk themselves out of positions of power or going after things that they want. They don't feel even if they are the most deserving, externally by everyone's metric, internally, they don't feel that way. Or they're apologizing, a lot of apologizing that happens. And so in poker, and what I think is so smart about what you're doing is like the poker face, right? It's like the act as if. You have to have the strategies. You have to be able to take the risk. You have to be seeing the game in front of you and being willing to put yourself in the game and then have the poker face so that everyone believes you have the skills necessary. You have the ability. And so in that sense, that framework, it really is so relatable to all of the things that women hold themselves back and the ways they hold themselves back and teaching them how to go through and get past it. So if you can do it at the poker table, I'm sure that you can translate that into the workplace, your personal life, your relationships, anything. So what we say at Poker Power frequently, and one of the skills that we teach is how to bluff. Bluffing is a, a critical gameplay strategy. And the saying is that if you're not caught bluffing, you're not bluffing enough. And what that really means is taking those risks. And what we know is that women tend to default to the word bluffing as being the same as lying. And bluffing is not lying. Bluffing is withholding information. And if you think you put that phrase around the word as the definition, it's a very key negotiation skill. And that is one of the major skills that we teach through playing poker is how to better negotiate. Withholding information is a strategy to shift power. And so if I can get you comfortable using that poker face, and I always say, women always say to me, I don't have a poker face. And I said, well, describe what you think a poker face is. And they'll say, well, I give away everything in my cards. I said, that's a poker face. I said, you just have to do it consistently. A poker face is not giving away any information. So if every single time you get your cards, you're smiling, laughing, whatever it may be, that's your poker face. You know, be consistent with how you employ it. But I think the bluffing piece is so interesting to me because guys are really good at bluffing. They do it across all areas of their lives. And women tend to shy away from leaning into that skill set. In a negotiation, you're going to bluff your way all the way to shaking hands if you're doing it the right way. Fascinating. And what are some of the different programs that you have? I know you do it in corporate programming, so you're doing it with women's groups or with women as like 
an event, you know, sort of a, an add-on at work. But what about the younger women? How, how do you reach them? And what's the reaction been? I would think that they would love this. I would have loved this when I was growing up. I would have thought this was very cool. Yeah. So our, our corporate program is incredibly important. So those B2B relationships, and we are now at over 250 corporates around the world. Um, so that really is the, the revenue generator for the business and also how we reach all of these working moms who then are going to share, you know, the idea of playing poker with their daughters. And so while we started with the young girls, you know, the 14, 15 year olds, pivoted to the adult women, we are now very successfully coming back to the young girls. And so we have a few exciting things that we're planning for 2024. One is a very large uh, university campus push. Um, We've tried this in small bits over the last three years. We're, We're at Northwestern, we're at Kellogg, we're at Harvard, where we have a very good program institutionalized at Tulane but we want to start doing this at scale. Um, so we actually have six universities that we are in the middle of planning exactly what we're going to launch in January with cohorts of young women. What we need to have happen is our teachers go in person. So there is a bit of a charitable side to what we are doing when we're working with universities. They go on campus, they teach Um, We know that learning in person in that first session is really critical to retaining the skills and having the the energy and the enthusiasm around the game. So you want to come back and then we will roll them into our virtual program. And our virtual program is what we launched during the pandemic, obviously, but it's a 12 week series of one hour lessons where you are learning for 30 minutes and then you're playing in a poker app that we built. We're very, very proud of it. We launched it this year. And it is unique in the marketplace because one, there is no money transacting, but more importantly, it is a gender neutral app. And what I mean by that is it has none of the graphics, none of the language, and none of the interactions that you may typically find in a poker app that are very bro and not the space that we want our women to be playing and having a community. So if one gets onto our app, you can just learn on your own, which is really important that not everyone can come to our virtual lessons that we offer every week. So you can learn on your own and then you can play against the bots. That's actually the most popular part of our app is women like to come in and practice and practice and practice. And then the third way you interact with us is that we offer three games a day. It's all women in our community. It's very inclusive. It's very welcoming, which not all poker games are. And so you can just continue to hone your skills through doing that. So our our campus program is very exciting. The second thing that we started about a year and a half ago is a partnership with an organization called Global Giveback. And they have brought us to Kenya of all places, but they have a very robust program that they run with high school and university age girls around leadership development. And so we are now delivering our 12 virtual poker lessons to our third cohort that also kicks off in January. We do about 125 girls at a time, and our goal is to reach 5,000 across different areas of Kenya. So we're really excited about all those. We are also doing Girl Scouts. We have a Girl Scout program that is starting. Um, I actually just saw a badge that is going to be given out to all the girls who are coming to an event that we have on January 5th in Pennsylvania. So we're really excited about that one too. I love it. What are the size of the cohorts? So you said it's a 12-week program. So you sign up for a virtual 12-week program and then you can also play in the app. So how big are those 12-week programs? Really 
really varies. So typically it's 30, it's 50 or 100. You know, usually someone, you know, so one of our partners will come in at that level. And what we like to have is you want to have several tables going. You want it to feel like a game. You also want to see lots of little squares, you know, on the Zoom screen when you're in the learning session of the program. But we're very adaptable. In corporates, what we like to do is we'll go in with a pilot, but then we really want a commitment that we are going to be throughout your organization. So over a year's time, can we work with 300, with 500, with 1,000 of the women in your business? I should tell you about Morningstar. Morningstar was our very first corporate client. They took a big risk on us early in the pandemic. And it's now, what, you know, three and a half years later, they are still playing poker at Morningstar. They brought us around the globe. So we taught in Asia, we taught in Europe, we obviously taught in the US, all virtually. And now they have cohorts on the ground in their offices who are continuing to play games with us, which I just find extraordinary that it it just, it caught fire. Um, and that's, that is our ultimate goal is a culture of women playing poker shouldn't seem so strange anymore. It should be exactly what it is for the men, which is incredible networking. It's where deals are getting done and it's where you're honing really critical skills for career acceleration. There's also other things I'd like to point out that it does. I don't know if you know the concept of unicorn space. It's something that Eve Rodsky, his friend, wrote a book about, and it was really about creating space for yourself to do something outside of work or family or obligation that you learn something, you bring groups of people together, and there is an end goal that you can complete this task. So in that sense, this is like a perfect activity for unicorn space because you could get a group of women together and say, we're going to do this together with your daughters, with your friends, with whomever wants to join, we're going to do this together. We're going to go through this program. And at the end, we're going to have learned something. And maybe that's something then, like I play games with my two sons all the time. It's a way in which we have a commonality of things that we all both like to do because there's not that many activities that we like to do together. Yep. Or maybe your, you know, your partner knows how to play poker or your boss knows how to play poker. And then you can step into that relationship differently or have some commonality, something to do together, which is powerful and bonding. There's so many different use cases in which this is a a benefit and something just cool to know how to do. So I always say that the poker table is a meritocracy when you first start playing. And the reason I say this is that it doesn't matter where you went to school doesn't matter what your title is, doesn't matter how big or strong or fast you are. And when you use those characteristics normally, whoever is the best, the most at those usually is going to be the winner. And so it can be a very difficult space for women to succeed in. So if I can bring you to a poker table, all 10 of you are brand new at this game, doesn't matter what your gender is, doesn't matter where you work, and you start to play, I can't predict in those first few hands who's gonna be the best. And why I find this so empowering for women is that the characteristics that usually define success disappear. And it's all about how you think. It's all about how you play your cards. It's all about how you strategize. And I find that incredibly empowering um, as a woman myself to inhabit that sort of space, but also to compete. Competition is such an important part of a poker game because unlike many others, you know, unlike a truly a negotiation, poker is a zero-sum game. Everyone is going to lose and there will be one winner. And that winner gets to scoop this big pot of chips back and feel like a rock star. What's incredible at our poker games is, yes, one person is having that incredible rock star moment, but the other nine women are celebrating her. 
And this is something you don't see in Vegas. You don't see it in, in normal poker tables, but you literally see women stopping, clapping, taking reels on their phones so they can post it and celebrating this incredible accomplishment, which has no monetary value whatsoever. It is truly just look what I did. I made the right decision. The cards came right. And I just won that pot. And when women experience that collectively, they want to repeat it. It feels really positive and they want to come back to the table and do it again and again. Have you had any like friendships or nice stories that have come out of the the different cohorts or different corporate programming that you've done? So yes. So we are currently working with an organization in New York. We have lots of partners, but this one in particular is called Luminary. And it's a member. Oh, I know them. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, Kate Kate's a friend. He's been such an, you know, such an incredible advocate for I feel like she'd be a good poker player. Yeah. She is a good poker player. Yeah. Um, But she enabled us to bring together a group of women who did not know each other for weekly lessons on site at Luminary in New York. And so one of our lead instructors, Lisa, goes to this every week. And these women are fascinating to me because I, I attended a session with them a couple of weeks ago. Just I just wanted to observe. And of course, I had to jump in and play because I couldn't help myself. They have learned to play poker, which is great. But what they've really done is they have built relationships outside of the poker table. So they're having dinner together. One of them um, is a VC and is talking very seriously with one of the founders at the table about a funding and really instructing her, you know, educating her, mentoring her critical skills that, you know, not all women are having access to, to how, how do I sell my company? How do I raise for my company? And so we have sort of these ancillary discussions that are bubbling from the poker table. That's exactly what this is supposed to be. This is not just come for an hour, play a game. This is really come for an hour and, and build, you know, a lifetime of friendships and network. It's very smart because women also have a more difficult time networking mostly because there's not as many spaces where women gather together that are professional, but also doing an activity. You know, men play golf, right? There's so many deals. Not that women don't, but generally men play golf. That's where friendships are made. Networks are happening. Conversation is just sparked or they play poker or they go to, you know, a game. And for women, I think a lot of their relationships that are built are often around family, friends, kids. And it's not really around work or separating yourself out from your personal life and creating a space for yourself that wholly exists separately. So to be able to have that, to network, to feel like you're also doing something that is a concrete skill you're building and creating those relationships at the same time is like a win-win for in every sense. So congratulations, (laughs) building this very cool thing. I just, I think it's great. I'm trying in my head, I'm like thinking of all the ways and applications and things that this could be used for within our own second shift community and how great I think it would be for the women to, to sign up. Yeah. I think it's important that your community understands that I'm like many of them and that I took a very long child rearing pause my career. I had been on Wall Street and I, I found it exceptionally difficult. I was on a very fast trajectory and I had a newborn and I had two nannies and I literally cried nonstop except for when I was in front of the client. Uh, so a lot of airplane rides, you know, hand over the eyes because I was just, I was struggling so much with being a new mom and still trying to have this successful career, what I defined as successful, which was, you know, very ambitious. I paused um, for eight years. So a super long pause, you know, ended up with two children through that time. 
But when I came back and I came, I w- went back to work in 2012, but six years later, I did a TEDx all about equal pay because I'd had a very monumental experience with equal pay um, when I was on Wall Street and, and, and the negative, <laughs> not that I was paid monumentally, <laughs> I was not. And I did this TEDx and I, I listed the five solutions for equal pay through you know, my experience. And now when I look back on it, and I've listened to it a few other times, I wish I'd known about poker. Because now the only solution I would say, because I would say, play poker. You know, do you want to negotiate better? Play poker. Do you want to get better at risk-taking? Play poker. Do you want to have a new framework for problem-solving and decision-making? Play poker. All of those things are so critical to being able to advocate for yourself and to define your position within a workplace, within your relationships, you know, outside of work, learning to shift how you are processing imperfect information, which is what we all live in all day long. We never really know the outcome until the outcome occurs, is an absolutely critical skill for us to get better at. And I don't know a better game or a better environment or a better learning program than playing poker. And there you have it. Okay. You've sold me. I'm going to have to pick up a third game. This is really going (laughs) to... The bridge thing, I'm like, I never realized actually how hard it was going to be. And this is just like blowing my mind on a constant basis, but it also keeps your mind fresh. It keeps your mind engaged. You know, as you get older, you're not scrolling through, you know, pictures and just like buying things. You can play a game, keep your brain Sometimes I just feel like it's also meditative. Mm -hmm. You're like, you shut your brain down, learning something new. You can't be fixated on other things or distracted. And that's healthy. It's it's great for longevity and your brain health, all of those things. So I highly recommend picking up a very difficult game later in life. Yeah. Yeah. And what's great about poker is when, you know, one of the things we had to figure out early on with our curriculum is poker is exceptionally complex and it can take a lifetime to master. And that's intimidating. That's one of the reasons women don't choose to sit at the table. If we could break down and make the lessons of poker, the learnings of poker, bite-sized and digestible. And what I mean by that is in our 12 lessons, you're only going to learn two or three things. I only want you to remember to raise the big blind three times. That's it. That's all you have to remember. That's your gameplay strategy for the day that you're going to practice. And when you do that, it becomes very accessible. It becomes something you can retain and something to focus on because there's all these other things happening at the table that you're not understanding when you're a beginner. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Just focus on what, what are you doing with your, your two whole cards right now? And we'll build on that. We'll build on it every single week. It's also, it's good to do things that are hard. It is. It's good to build life skills that can be played. You can play poker until you're you know, 100. And it's good to force yourself to push your brain into a place where it's learning something very hard and very new. That is a good place to go in life, especially when you're in your career and your life, you, you know, your life is regimented, you know what you know, and, you know, maybe you read books or you're doing other things, but you're, you're doing the things you're good at. Right. Right. You're not doing things that seem hard and that you might not be good at. That is something that in life, be courageous and push yourself constantly so you can grow. 
I completely agree. And I would say with poker, one of the exciting parts of the game is you find out if you win or you lose very quickly. So, you know, an hour of play, you're going to see 20 hands. And so you have a lot of opportunities, one to learn, but also to succeed. And so you get that immediate feedback loop of, you know, the practicing that you've been doing at the poker table. Is it translating to be able to win the pot? All right. I love this. I'm going to put the link for people to sign up. And my brain is, like I said, you know, trying to figure out ways in which this would be something applicable. Maybe we can make a second shift group or see who wants to (laughs) learn how to play together. I feel like Gina would be very good. My partner would be very, very good at poker. Uh, so I might force her to, to, to do that and take on the reins of the second shift poker game. So we will follow up on that and see how that goes in 2024. If there's, if there's interest, I would support this fully. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing the story. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. For more, you can follow along at thesecondshift.com. Please rate, review, subscribe, and help us make work work for you and for all women.